0: So I watched John as he said "Yeah." We were still sitting on the bench and he looked directly into my eyes. Like no one had ever done before. No one. I could not believe this popular, attractive guy wanted to do something so forbidden with me. It was exhilarating. Here I am, sober. It was like a few seconds before you were allowed as a kid to unwrap presents under the Christmas tree. The sweat now is gone. My accounting professor, Mr. Abley, came out of the library and said, Hey, what are you two young men up to? He would never know or understand, so I said, Oh, not much. It was the most much I would ever experience in my young life. So we both smiled at each other. Two 20-year-olds navigating an unnatural lifestyle. Totally not acceptable. So now the immediate problem is where would we do this thing again? We can't go back to my room because New Jersey and the other mates certainly would not approve. John had the same situation at his dorm room. So he put his hand on mine and said, I like everything about you. I noticed when you came up to the rush table, when you were asking about the fraternity, I saw you and I told the other guys, I'm going to take care of this one. So getting together him was going to proceed easier than I would have ever dreamed. So we agreed the solution was going to be my 1968 Rambler American. It was a two-door with three speed on the column and an AM radio. No air conditioning, no power steering, power windows, no white wall tires was the base model, and I purchased it for $1,600 in Homestead. I eventually added an 8-track tape player. The three tapes that I had were Led Zeppelin, Janis Joplin, and Simon and Garfunkel. So John picked up the Simon tape and said their song, Bridge Over Troubled Water, makes him think of the two of us. Makes him think of the two of us. Wow. Florida Atlantic was on the site of an old airport, so we drove out to the furthest runway we could find. No one in sight. We climbed in the back seat, locked the doors. Shirts and pants came off. For the first time in my life, I was experiencing passion. Now it was speed reading with full comprehension. Now, now I realized what all the talk was about when people were in love. It's this passion consuming you. Someone that I like telling me, I like everything about you. While enjoying this high, there was no thought of anything outside of my rambler. Well, there wasn't any thought until... I heard a low siren and a red flashing light echoing through the car. So I looked out the back and saw a police car with the bubblegum light spinning at a high rate of speed. It was not a good situation. Here I am caught red-handed. Back to being hauled off to jail. My name painted all over the campus family, friends, finding out I'm a homo. Then something clicked, and I decided to get out of the car and confront the cop and say, Hey, what's up? So I pulled on my cut-off jeans. No time to put my shirt or shoes on. Mr. Cop wasn't out of the car yet. So I tried to hide my erection, stuffing it inside my cut-off jeans. He rolled his window down and said, Let me see your ID. So I walked back up to the Rambler, opened the driver's door, and John's hand came out holding my wallet. It had fallen on the floorboard when all the action began. My hands were shaking. All I could think was, How am I going to explain to Mr. Cop?" that I'm on the outskirts of this campus with another guy and this raging hard-on. So I opened my wallet, pulled out my driver's license, my shaky hand passed it to him while he shined his flashlight on me and my wallet, and then down to the tag on the Rambler. No sight of John in the back seat. So Mr. Cop, after about five minutes, finally said, Is that girl from the college? I'm like, wow. Saved again. This Sunday for sure I'll go to church. I said, yes. He said, don't ever let me catch you out here again. It's way too dangerous. And I said, no worries, officer. Thank you. Have a good night. So I didn't tell John right away that Mr. Cop asked, is the girl from the college. So he stayed down in the back seat as I started the car and then made a U-turn back to the dorms. Mr. Cop passed me on his way out, nodding his head. After we were in the clear, John jumped into the front seat and said, How did you get us out of that? I felt really good, so I turned and smiled, biggest smile ever, and said, You will never in a million years guess. He said, Give me a sec. That cute smile on his face, winking at me. He was watching me as I pulled into the student parking area, and he said, That was really a ton of fun. I bet you told him your father was a provost here. I smiled at him again and said, No. I told Mr. Cop that you were a girl, and Mr. Cop said, Never let me catch you out here again. We both laughed, laughed at how razor-thin our luck was that sultry night in Florida. It was a spontaneous kind of laugh after you have been scared to death. John had the bluest, clearest, most honest eyes. He said, I'd believe anything you say. You're good, Calderwood. So I got back to my dorm room, and two of my sweet mates were attempting to study. I think they were stoned. One of them was using my portable typewriter. They just used my stuff without asking. Elsa had purchased it for me with green stamps, and it was electric. Tim said, did you get everything straight with John? So it caught me off guard. Did they think something was off because John had called me nine times? I said, oh yeah, everything's fine. He just wanted to let me know the fraternity wants me to join up with them. If I'd have said we had been out kissing and playing around, they would have shit a brick. Tim then said, you were gone an awful long time. I thought maybe you were in some kind of trouble with the guys. I thought about telling him to take more time worrying about his own business, which needed tending. I looked at the two of them slobs in their baggy underwear. They were stoners and I was not. So I pulled out my intermediate accounting book to finish up my homework due tomorrow. With all that mystery that had been surrounding me about Friday night and then being caught by the cops while having a go with John, well, to say the least, I was spent. Trying to get into my accounting was a challenge. Tim and Luke were talking about how the school is a bummer. They went from that to how the girls in Florida are not as hot as the girls from up north. I finally grabbed my book and headed to the library. By midnight I was back in my room. Mr. New Jersey was sound, asleep and snoring. He needed a good bath. I can't wait for him to head out so I can have the room to myself made me think that maybe John could move into my room. That would be awesome. I only slept about two hours. My mind swirled around all the events since Friday night. I didn't know much about John. He was from Miami. He was in the seminary for a few years and now a senior working on a degree in history. That didn't seem practical, but it was none of my business. John loved to talk about the church and life in general. I could do with less talk and more action. Wondered when we could get together again, and where would that be? So it was a good thing I did all my accounting homework because Professor Aberley, on three occasions, asked for me to answer questions. He would say, Mr. Calderwood, Will you tell the class how to balance a trial balance. No one in here seems to know how to or what a trial balance is. So I walked up to the board and explained it. While standing and pointing, he said, Outstanding, Mr. Calderwood. This is after a wild weekend of drinking and who knows what. God, I was stunned. No way could he know about the passionate abandoned runway scene. Or could he? Amazing what can go through your mind in a second. The other 20 students laughed about him nailing me. I acted like it was cool. So the rest of the day was uneventful. I did go to the library to catch up on my homework. No sign of John anywhere. While I was in the library, I went to the card catalog and researched homosexual to see what I could find. There were references to the Kinsey Report, Masters and Johnson, and a CBS Reports magazine that article. And the Kinsey Report was called Sexual Behavior in the Human Male. He stated that 10% of the male population was a homo. That meant two people in my accounting class were homos. I wonder who the other one was. It'd really be funny if it was Mr. Aberly. Kind of nice to know how the odds are stacked against you. Another fun fact was Kinsey was a zoologist. The American Psychiatric Association classified homosexuality as a psychological disorder. It was too much to read in one sitting. According to the experts, I had a disorder. So I headed back to my dorm, hoping and praying to maybe run across John. Once reaching my room, there was a cloud of smoke coming out of the next bedroom. Turned out they were having a pot party. I had never smoked pot. So Tim said, Calderwood, get in here. we got to loosen you up. Mr. New Jersey was splayed out on the floor. Tim handed me the joint and I inhaled. And as I did, I wondered, is something going to happen? Which it didn't. The other six guys were busy. Talking at the same time made no sense to me. A few minutes later, Tim passed the joint to me again. (sighs) Nothing happened. He said, relax and stop thinking. It was easier said than done. They didn't know what I was going through. So I went to my bedroom and crashed. A little while later, I woke up starving. I would find out later... I was experiencing the munchies. So I took a quick shower and decided to head down to the student union building to get something to eat and watch Laugh-In. Maybe John would be there. It would be great to see him, even though I couldn't be with him. So when I walked in, there was John with two attractive girls. Looked like he was having a great time. Here's the same guy that had his tongue down my throat. It made me nervous and envious. He signaled me to go over, sit on the couch where they were sitting, patting his hand on the seat next to him. Two girls were sitting there looking up. John said, I've been waiting to catch up with you. I want to introduce you to Bonnie. She thinks you're cute. Bonnie was a cute girl, long black hair, legs, great smile. Really did nothing for me. John was all I wanted. How do I haul him out to the car? What is he doing with these girls? So laughing had started about 20 of us gathered around the television to watch. I started thinking about the 10% again. One or two of the laughing characters must be a homo. Tried to figure out who that could be. And there had to be another homo in this group, which I guess is John, even though he's denying it. Then John whispered in my ear and asked if I was interested in going out with Bonnie. I said, I guess, why? He said, oh, we could double date. It'd be just fantastic. Are you up for it? I would do about anything to be with him, so I agreed. He said, groovy. This Friday we'll go out to a dance. I miss seeing you today. He missed seeing me? Well, then why not do something about it? It's been 24 hours. So I chatted with John, Bonnie, and Gloria. Bonnie would not shut up. All she could talk about is how great it was in Florida. Bonnie was from New Hampshire, spoke about the awful winters and the lack of dating material. She also told me that John told her all about me and that we'd be a perfect match. I guess the thing we had in common is that we like guys. Hot guys. I had a major traffic jam in my head. What in the hell is going on? So I told the three of them I had to get back to smoke some pot with my sweet mates. They laughed, thinking I was kidding. I hope to God the guys were still puffing away. So I reached my room and the guys were out cold for the night. Empty containers of bean dip and saltine crackers scattered on the desktops. I opened up my business law book to attempt some study time. I was still thinking about Professor Abley and what he knew about Friday night. About that time the phone rang and I grabbed it before the third ring. And it was John. And he said, We need to meet. Told him, I'm studying. He said, no, this is important. Meet me in front of the library. It was bordering on demanding. Was he pissed because I told Mr. Cop he was a girl? So you have to do whatever it takes to survive. I took another swig of my Boone's Farm wine and thought, hey, maybe he wants to have sex in front of the library. Considering how head over heels I was for him, I'd do it.
1: I wage wars through the water, thinking I'm Uncle si. I'm trying to make you live it all. I'm just a working man, and oh, my love, it is. I can't get no sleep, can't get no rest. The beauty you've lost just throw me into the fire. So get on your knees and say, Sell it turn a I can't get no late. I've done my deed, I don't help out. I can't see my love around. Oh. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide I pray the devil take away the night of the dead man That took him from the light He was an innocent man working on a bridge And the devil sent a soul to make sure This is eternity So get on your knees And say a prayer for me I'm living this hell It's eternity Cause I call
0: This is episode 2 of 15 of Navigating Muddy Waters. If you like my show, please tell your friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Wondery, or wherever you are listening now. Everything in my show is based on actual events. I'm your host, Joe Calderwood. I'm also the writer, recorder, producer, and editor. Music is by Freddie Elmberg.